It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Enjoy Joe Burrow's rookie year the rest of the way, and Pepsi will be the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Another tough day for Bengals fans and the Bengals players on Sunday as they fall to the Indianapolis Colts 31-27 on the road in a game that everybody who watched it is going to say this one got away from the Cincinnati Bengals who were in control early and then everything just kind of fell apart starting in the second quarter. I'll take you through the game at a high level to start the show, and then James will join me as always for segments two and three as we get into the details and break down what happened this Sunday in Indianapolis. A game that the Bengals went up 21-0. to zero. They end up losing 31-27. to 27. That's right, they blew a 21-point lead, and in fact, the Colts scored 31 points to the Bengals' six points the rest of the way as the Bengals scored touchdowns on their first three drives of the game, and then after that, their early down success stopped. They were relying on third downs. They actually were okay on third downs in general, going 8 for 17 in this game. But the defense, after a decent start, they they take advantage of a gift-wrapped fumble. They get a takeaway from Jesse Bates on a bad deep ball by Phillip Rivers. And then outside of that, it struggles. The, the Colts are 7 of 11. On third downs in this game, they ran 60 total plays for 430 yards. That's 7.2 yards per play. And generally, when you have that sort of performance as a defense, things aren't going to go well. And really, everything was lined up for this to be a successful game for the Bengals. They go up 21-0 to early in the game. And on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, we talked a lot leading up to this game about how important game script would be. The Bengals playing with a lead should be a better team than the Bengals playing from behind. They win the time of possession battle again, but again, not for the reasons that you want. They couldn't put together big explosive plays, and you do have to credit the deep ball to T. Higgins. T. Higgins had a very nice day for the Bengals. Six catches, 125 yards, including the first deep vertical ball that I can remember being caught this season by the Bengals since maybe week one. John Ross was active. He didn't really get a shot to play. So it was T. Higgins, A.J. Green. Nice bounce back game from from him, mostly doing his damage on slants and a decent game from Tyler Boyd, although Boyd did have a mistake in running backwards on a play that should have been a first down. I think it was in the third quarter. Runs backwards on the play, ends up fumbling. The Bengals fall on it, but they don't end up converting on the very next play. So you go from a first down to a third down, and then they had to punt it away. And so there were some some crucial mistakes at some crucial times in this game, some inability to put it away. I mean, the Bengals were winning the turnover battle 2-0, to zero and they're losing by four points 
with four minutes left in the game when they get the ball back. The turnover battle finishes two to one as Joe Burrow threw a really inexcusable and and pretty bad interception, to be quite frank, on the Bengals' last offensive play of the game. He's looking for Tyler Boyd on a bit of a post, and the Colts, to their credit, were able to just sit on it. Got a great jump on the ball and got an interception. That's the second ball that Joe Burrow threw in this game that should have been intercepted, and I don't think that Joe Burrow had necessarily his best game. He threw two balls that should have been picked. I think that his pocket presence today left a little bit to be desired. He dropped his eyes and tried to scramble, left a few clean pockets, tried to run for some plays through some lanes that weren't there, ran into a couple of sacks as a result. And the offensive line and pass protection, at least, was mostly very good in this game. The official line has Joe Burrow taking two sacks for 13 yards lost on the day. And one of those maybe on the offensive line, one of those certainly on Joe Burrow. And it's it's just unfortunate that on a day when you actually get good pass protection, all the Bengals could really do on offense outside of that one big play to T. Higgins after the first quarter was slants to A.J. Green. So you go up 21-0 early, the offense the rest of the way only gets six points. Really in about 45 minutes, they only scored six points to finish the game. And the defense, the, the Lou Anarumo plan for this game was a little uninspired in my opinion. You have a defensive line that you know is very depleted and you're rushing three, dropping guys into zone, playing big dime, getting three safeties onto the field with Sean Williams. LaShawn Sims got picked on. Von Bell got picked on in coverage, gave up a touchdown, gave up some big first downs. To his credit, had a good play late in the game to give the Bengals a chance uh, that forced the Colts to kick a field goal down the stretch there. But it's, it's repeated things at this point. It's a lack of a pass rush. It's certain players in the secondary getting picked on. It's unclutch plays at unclutch times on both sides of the ball. And it's a team in this one that really should have been able to put it away. And and they left opportunities on the field in the way of drops, in the way of penalties, in the way of bad decisions from different players, bad decisions from the coaches, bad protection at bad times. And that's how the game shook out the way it did. A couple of quick positives for the defense before we close out. Good day for the rush defense. Gave up only 59 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. And Jesse Bates adds on to his best safety in the NFL resume with a great pick of Phillip Rivers to give the Bengals a shot late in the game. Coming up next, James Rapine joins the program and we will wrap up week six for the Cincinnati Bengals. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we just brush it off or just blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you that medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Right now, our listeners can go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's now welcome James Rapine to the program. James, you struggled through, I imagine, those press conferences and Zach Taylor saying, hey, everything's going to come together, and A.J. Green saying, hey, everything's going to come together, and Joe Burrow saying, we want to win games. And we all struggled through that game. I was really excited. I was doing my live commentary in the first quarter. I was like, oh, hey, a gift-wrapped turnover. Oh, hey, a dumb penalty. Oh, hey, three touchdowns on three drives. Everything's going great. And a lot of people, I guess, were expecting the other foot to drop. And I didn't expect that they would necessarily run away with it, James. But I didn't think that they would necessarily blow it either. And I certainly didn't expect Joe Burrow to throw that interception that he threw to end the game. So let's just get into it. Because there are actually some positives to take away from this game. But I don't know if any of them matter. James, as I always do, I'm going to give you the floor and let you talk about your takeaways from the game for a couple minutes before we get into some specific topics. You can't be soft and expect a win on the road against a future Hall of Fame quarterback. And Philip Rivers probably will go in the Hall of Fame. And that's what he was playing like, right? So if you're, you're Zach Taylor at halftime, and I wrote this in my halftime observations, I said, well, you're going to have to score 40. Like that was in my mind. Like you have 24 now, you're going to have to get to 40, the first team to 40. And obviously that didn't happen, but it, but it could have. And really should have, I think, you know, it, it, for a variety of reasons didn't. But either way, the fact that Zach Taylor – was like, all right, we're going to kick a 55-yard field goal. And by the way, it worked. All right, so you're playing with fire. Randy Bullock kicks it. Hasn't missed a field goal since week one. Then, and I asked him about it afterwards, he doubles down on the second time, and it's the 48-yarder that he pushes to the right off the crossbar, misses. You would have taken a 30-28 to lead. I got to be honest, Jake. Was there any hope, any dream, any bone in your body like I was shocked that they held him to a field goal to make it 31 27 because the Colts are doing everything on offense that they weren't slowing down there were mental breakdowns there were there were guys running free it was just ridiculous your defense couldn't stop a nosebleed and you've known that for the past 40 minutes or so of game time and they settle and they settle and they settle and they settle and that's when when they took a 21 nothing lead I tweeted like all right, you can't go conservative here. You got to keep your foot on the gas. And it was very cliche, but I was like, let's see how Zach does. And the moment the Colts punch back, which it's the NFL, outside of last week against the Ravens when the Bengals didn't punch back on offense, every NFL team punches back, unless you're the Jets, right? Every NFL team, if you're down 21 nothing, has a, at least an uppercut left in them. They don't just wobble and fall to the turf. That's not how it works. And the Colts punch back. And the Bengals had no counters, none. So for weeks, we've watched Zach Taylor coach this team and struggle in the first quarter, put up 13 total first quarter points. So the game script, everything that he'd worked on all week, those first 15 plays, they were awful. Well, this week, everything went his way. The turnover early where Jack Doyle literally hands them the football. 
That's what happened. He handed them the football, and they took advantage of it. And he had a 21-0 lead. And he could do literally anything an offensive play caller could one do and ever imagine, and they scored six points the rest of the way. And I get it. There was a drop here. There's a penalty there. And there, there's little things that derail drives. I get all that. But at halftime, because even their, their first punt before the half, uh, it was a, I think it was a drop by Boyd or uh, there's something happened where it was a play that shouldn't have in, in, in they easily could have extended the drive on, on the second down. I would need to look at the playlist, but I'll just tell point, you what, what yeah, happened was Tyler Boyd caught the ball beyond the first down marker That's, retreats, fumbles, it ends up recovered at the 29. So instead of being a first down, they get third and six out of it. That's right. Yeah. And so, so that happens. That's not Zach's fault. Right. But to me, it was just such a mindset and they were backpedaling the whole and really after that first Colts touchdown, it was backpedal time and they were on their heels and you were just kind of clinging and you were kind of hoping and you're looking up and you're like, all right, well, it's 24, 14 still 24, 21, 27, 21. And there was just never a moment ever where it felt like they were in control the moment the Colts started to go on their run. And that, to me, is a mindset. That, to me, especially with the plays that you were getting, not only from T. Hickens, but for the first time this season, A.J. Green, is unacceptable. So where is this loss? Obviously, the defense needs to be better, and there are things that we need to talk about with, you know, from that aspect. But this is on Zach Taylor. Because at halftime, you knew it was going to be a shootout. You knew you needed to get points. And you got six of them in the second half and you settled for a 48 yard field goal when you knew that wasn't going to be enough to win the game. And it was fourth and short and you should have kept going for and And they didn't. And, and so I, I put it on Zach. Yeah, I, I think that there's certainly at least some blame to put on Zach Taylor. As you point out, they're mitigating circumstances. I counted at least five drops for the Bengals in this game. And like three of those come at pretty crucial times. Obviously, Alex Redmond has a false start into a sack allowed at a crucial time. They were doing really well on first and second downs early in the game, and and then suddenly that disappeared, and they got into a lot more third down situations, and they stopped converting all the third downs. Uh, I'm totally with you with some of the decision-making, the decision to try to kick a field goal to go up two points. Like, what's the point? Well, why, why do you care if you're up two points and and I get that, like, oh, if they make the field goal, then they just need to go get a field goal. But maybe if if it's if the Colts are looking at going up thirty-one to thirty with four minutes left in the game, maybe the Colts just go for it there too, and they probably get it the way they're moving the ball in this game. And and then the field goal doesn't matter anyway. Like even if you're going to try to make the argument, well, if they're only down two, then they go down one, then they can go down and kick another field goal to win the game. Well, that's going to change. There's there's a lot of butterflies that get affected by that decision. So I, I agree with you on some of the decision making. I do think that the the defense in particular was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. And given the way the defense was trending, the reason that I didn't necessarily feel like the Bengals were out of this game as as early as you did, maybe, or or like they weren't going to be able to stop the bleeding and we're going to let it get away from them, is that I thought the offense was going to have something to it. Like this Colts defense wasn't getting pressure. And speaking of the positives, the offensive line and pass protection handled this Colts defensive line for for like 90% of this game very well. And you're not going to win 100%, especially with this line. But for this offensive line, great game. I think Joe Burrow, 
after the the first three drives of the game and, and maybe one or two other drives in the game didn't play great i thought that he ran into some sacks ran into some pressures bailed on some clean pockets uh the, the, he had two balls that should have been picked that i talked about before you came on to the show one of them was to end the game the other one should have been a bobby okarecki interception mm-hmm. as he tried to force it over the middle and you know he did a lot of very good things today he's a rookie quarterback i'm not going to put this game on him but i don't think he played great regardless uh given the conditions of the game so a lot of blame to go around but anytime you have a 21-0 lead you know, if it's the Lou Anarumo rush three, drop into zone, get no pressure, and, and Phil Rivers is going to pick you apart. Or if it's, you know, kicking the field goal instead of going for it, there, there's a number of coaching questions that we can talk about after this game. Yeah, like playing Mike Thomas. Man. <laughs> and, I, and, and I like Mike Thomas. Hey, look, if, if, if John Ross drops the ball that Mike Thomas did, people are, are sending him home in, in a crate or something. Like yeah. they're going to just crush him on Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, stock completely down. I don't know how he got snaps. I I, I seriously don't. I the two drops it. from Mike Thomas just brutal. After the second one, I said Mike Thomas me bench, and and then he didn't go to the bench. He he got more <laughs> plays. So he caught <laughs> he caught a slant for a first down. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, wild. It's why and, and that's that's the other part to me that this is on Zach because look, how many times are you going to go to eighty versus in? I call me crazy, and I really made a push for him this week. But I think Ross makes a, a more plays than, than Thomas did today. And, you know, Erickson go, Boyd goes out with a leg injury uh, on that third down, and Erickson comes in. And I didn't think they had a shot at that third down. That third and six you're talking about, I was like, man. This, oh, yeah, th- that's, there's just... that's actually the play that should have been the interception, I think, that, that yeah. he got away with. Now I, I that you it, mention I, it, yeah, it too, was. Yeah. You tried to force like, it over the middle there to, to Erickson, who would have been Boyd. And it doesn't make a difference if that's Boyd or Erickson, by the way, because Okarecki's right there, but, you know. It is Erickson there. But before the play, I'm like, oh, gosh. this And it's nothing against Al. It's it's just the pecking order is weird, and I don't know. Obviously, we're not at practice the whole time. But I, I think that that – the experiment with Thomas, and I have no problem with him being on the team, but this idea that he's like the fourth guy, I, I it cannot happen. It can't. Yeah, and it was really good for the first three guys today, right? Higgins, Boyd, Green, all solid games in their own respect. Boyd had a mistake. You know, A.J. Green had a drop on a deep ball. I think T. Higgins had a drop. But, but you know, you, you throw those out. And other than that, they had a pretty good day. I just – the Bengals can't really afford their drops. And, and I wonder how much of a narrative that's going to be coming out of this game. Probably going to be mostly forgotten. But the, the drops that they had, and in some cases, didn't actually hurt them. They they come back and they, they drop a ball that would be a first down on a second down. But in other cases, drops are drop-like decisions, like Tyler Boyd running backwards on that second down play that we've talked about three times now, did really hurt them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of a mixed bag there. And it's it's really hard. It's always hard for me, James, after the game to pin down the actual reason they lost. In the first half, I, I, there were like four pretty significant inflection points. They, they couldn't get off the field on some third and longs. Really, throughout this game, they had a bunch of third and longs that couldn't get off the field on defense. And then they had a couple plays that they didn't convert. And if those couple plays go the other way, think back to the Jacksonville game, that giant run for James Robinson that gets called back. If that goes the other way, well, mm-hmm. may, maybe the outcome of the game changes. Yeah, you're right. And there were there were points. It's just at some point, and I get it, I, I'm, I'm shocked at the defense. I'll say it's shocked because what did you want going into this game? 
I wanted to to slow down that rookie running back and make Philip Rivers beat you. And, and it just it, it didn't happen uh, that way at all. Jonathan Taylor, he ended up running the ball five yards a carry, but most of that came on the one drive, right, where he had two or three kind of long runs, only had 60 yards. This was the Philip Rivers show. And I wanted the Philip Rivers show. And I think the Bengals going into this were probably like, all right, we'll take that. We can guard these guys. And they couldn't. And it was embarrassing. They couldn't cover the tight ends. And I'll give you credit, Jake. You mentioned to me, uh, Mo Ali Cox, if he's out, that's a that's a big loss because I think he's an awful matchup for the Bengals. You're right. He was, as were the other two tight ends that played in, in Burton and Doyle. I mean, it was just it was ridiculous. Some of the dimes that Rivers was dropping, they couldn't get pressure on him. And it was just uh, it was tough there. But that's, again, while I flip it back, you're up 24-21 at halftime. You know your defense isn't going to stop them. Yeah. The, the future Hall of Famer is rolling now. So guess what? Lou's going to make his adjustments. And he did. You know, he only allowed 10 points in the second half. But you're going to have to score points. And he didn't do that. So that's yeah. that's a big reason why I put it on Zach. Yeah, some of the decisions to kick field goals I didn't like because of the way the game was kind of trending. I certainly agree with that. A lot more to get to, James. Let's hit on some of the positives to wrap things up. We'll, we'll spend a little bit more time talking about the the offensive line. Jesse Bates, again, showing why he's on track to be an all-pro safety. And it's impossible to really be positive in games like this, but we're going to try. We're going to hit on them, at least. We're going we're gonna to give them more than just lip service in part three of the show coming up next. The only way to recover from a loss like that is the only way you should recover from a workout with Built Bars. We talk about them all the time here on Locked On Bengals. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar on the planet. I love them. Jake loves them. It doesn't matter if you love the toffee almond, the double chocolate, mint, brownie, carrot cake, cherry barcia, cookies and cream. They have 18 flavors, something for everyone. And the best thing about Built Bar, obviously they taste great, but you're not sacrificing your macros, calories. It's perfect. They're low calories, high in protein, and low in sugar. So you can hit your macros weekly. You can get that summer bod that is made in the winter, right? Winter is here. Summer bods are made in the winter, and you can give your body a boost with Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I promised that we would try to wrap up the show with some positives. It was really an up and down performance for the Cincinnati Bengals. It came out looking like we hoped they would look really this year against, by the way, the number one defense in football coming into this week, the Indianapolis Colts. And I questioned all week whether that was a strength of schedule mirage. I do believe that it was, especially when Darius Leonard isn't on the field. And I want to say, though, that the offensive line looked a lot better this week. I mean, you go from the frenetic and insane looks you get from the Ravens, dictating your protection, getting unblocked guys, forcing you to do things you don't want to do in your protection rules, 
to a very vanilla, but good at times, especially DeForest Buckner, vanilla pass rush from four guys. I mean, I think the Colts blitz into single digits in this game. They got nine pressures, according to PFF, on 42 dropbacks. DeForest Buckner, who we knew was the, the guy, did most of that damage, according to PFF. So credit the offensive line this week. Joe Burrow did have a lot of clean pockets, a lot of time. And that is something that we at least have to talk about when it does happen. I agree. And th- this is why I thought they had a shot going into this game is because they had seen this. They had seen this style to me, especially with Leonard out. You, you look and you're like, well, damn, yeah, they got a couple good pass rushers and they might get to you. But you dealt with that with the Chargers. You, you dealt with a defense sort of like this from a where the, where their strengths are, at least uh, against the Browns, sort of like that with the, the Eagles to a lesser extent, I think. You know, so you've seen it some. And Burrow's been tested, and it's it's not the calculus or advanced calculus that he faced last week in Baltimore. And it's much more, you're going to see what's coming at you. You're going to know where it's coming from, and you should be able to make the right decisions because that's what we know about Burrow. And, yeah, I, I think that, the one, I was impressed with the offensive line and early on how they got some push. They got some push in the run game. Obviously, the Bengals' three touchdowns were all on the ground, which I, I thought was cool. I thought that the push they got on Mixon's touchdown especially was – noteworthy because it was seven yards and the, the pile kept moving for about four of them so they deserve credit for it and this team honestly i feel like they should have at least had 35 like it you know in in that's a testament to the offensive line and how well they played because you don't score 35 points in the nfl with crappy offensive line play specifically when you have three touchdowns on the ground so i do think that that is uh, certainly one of the the positives to come out of this game. And it's unfortunate that they wasted this type of performance because, as we know, this offensive line isn't going to play like this week to week. And the one negative, I guess, if I had to talk about the, the trenches in general, they had false starts, three false starts on the offensive line. I know they had four total, I think. that you know Some of those are just painful. The one didn't hurt him much, but some of them are painful. One of them almost seemed intentional. They're trying to get the Colts to jump offsides when they're on their own half yard line you don't really care about that one the Alex Redmond Bobby Hart you pick pick which one of them it was the right side of the offensive line that that jumped and and so those were unfortunate and and they came at bad times like some of the Bengals worst plays in this game came at really inopportune times and they 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 started the 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 failure to execute and I know we were, were trying to stay positive started and it wasn't really the offensive line that crumbled first so I guess that's worth pointing out. Uh, the other big positive for me in this game is is Jesse Bates, who had a fantastic interception late in the game to try to get the Bengals back into the game. Really his only opportunity to get into a play, uh, on the de- uh, a passing play anyway, on a ball thrown into his coverage, and he made Phillip Rivers pay for it. At that point in the game, the Bengals were winning the turnover battle 2-0. to zero. Unfortunately, they were also losing the game. I think they were, yeah, I think they were already mm-hmm. down in the game at that point. So they were. I just, this is twice this season that the Bengals have been doing really well in the turnover battle and, and ended up in a position where you still need to go down and, and score points at the end of the game to win the game. And that yeah, means was, that something has gone very wrong in the interim. Yeah, it was the tie, right? It was the tie against Philly and then 
today against the Colts, the the two games they win the turnover battle and they they're o one and one. I believe I believe those are the two games um, outside of Jacksonville. But yeah, it it stinks because they should have. For the third time this year, I'm looking and like, yeah, they should have won this game. Philly, another one. Week one, another one. And Jesse Bates is great. I mean, he's great. Uh, outside of the first play where he got ran over by Jonathan Taylor, and I was like, man, it is going to be the Taylor show. Didn't you? I was like, oh, boy, this is this is how it's going to start. And, uh, and that, that was really the only positive play that the Colts made in the entire first quarter. Everything else outside of that went the Bengals' way. So uh, good, goodbye, Bates, on that interception. I wish they would have been able to count that return. Maybe Zach Taylor would have kicked a field goal on first down. I also want to give um, – and, of course, I'm going to be the guy that does it, and you mentioned him, but I loved what I saw from A.J. Green today. And, yeah, the drop, he talked about that after the game. He said I should have high-pointed it. He, he, he completely – he said I tried to go with like, laid hands on it and tried to just snag it out. Uh, of the air and he was like no I, I should have jumped up for it because I could have probably got an interference call if I didn't catch it but I, I thought you saw some fight from him today uh, a, a couple huge third down conversions I think three of his first four catches were on third down for first downs his first four catches went for first downs uh, he had a couple more in the second half on third down that that extended drives and then the fourth and nine game on the line and Burrow finds green you know how many times have we seen Burrow to Boyd and Dalton to Boyd over the years and over the past couple of seasons, that's what you saw. What well, did seem like Green is getting his confidence. And no, he didn't get the separation like what you know we saw five years ago. But but I thought that he showed that he could still be a player. So hopefully he can take this and and, and kind of build on it. Because this is the first time outside of maybe week one where I felt like AJ Green looked like AJ Green. He he looked a lot closer. I'm not gonna say that he looked like he used to. You know, he's sure. not getting loose in the second level, he's not getting loose deep like he used to, but he, he still has, you know, he, he was an elite receiver in this league for a long time. Maybe he still is. He doesn't look like it yet, but he, he still has all those tools, the, the, the mental tools, especially. And, and we saw, we talked about coming into this game, James, he still has one elite tool actually, which is body control. We saw that on that sideline catch, which uh, the, the out pass, um, what was it? A third down on the last drive of the game. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fourth down. I don't think, but the the knowledge of where to sit down in zone, like he, he he's good with that. He's got strong hands, despite the drop that we talked about, and and he acknowledged that after the game. So, yeah, it was it was a really strong effort for AJ Green today. Good day for for all the receivers, really. I, I wonder. I wonder about Drew Sample though, huh? I think he yeah. had one target. And it, it was he was not was even up. close to open. Yeah. yeah, I mean, losing CJ Uzama I think hurts this team a little bit because it's not like these Colts linebackers are great in coverage. But you know, they, they they were there today for sample. At least I thought this might be a game where we see a little bit more sample. Not the case. No, and you know, you saw Seathan Carter get targeted once or twice. I can't have that anymore. You just talk about Mike Thomas. I. I when the, the C.J. Uzama injury happened, I was one of the lone ones like, all right, here are the free agent tight ends available. People think I just do that. and But you're putting a lot on sample right now, right? They're banking on him to be really good in the run game from a blocking standpoint. Uh, they, they haven't blocked defensive ends, it seems like, every single week, right? And then you're looking at him at, to being involved in the passing game. And I just don't know if he's that yet in his career. And you're starting to see that a bit. And, and that's why I don't think he was – a huge part because I think Joe Burrow would love to go to him 
right? He would love to have a tight end. We've seen that. He loves throwing at the tight end. So we'll see how they adjust there. Well, we'll have more to talk about in this game the rest of the week. At least tomorrow, we'll have some time to digest. We'll have some time to reflect. And we'll get back into it. Take one last look at this game tomorrow. And hopefully we can all have a nice, relaxing evening. Try not to let this one fester. Try to try to linger on some of the positives. Hope that they can build on some of this stuff and Hope that Joe Burrow's rookie season continues to allow him opportunities for growth. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.